Today's show has tricks and treats. What are you guys doing out here? It's Halloween. We've been trick-or-treating. But mostly treats. The Pope followed you. Wow. Uh, okay, no, this is not the... Is this the real... Right. No, Great. I don't Thanks, think this Greg. is... A I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch this weekend, Friday, October 15th through Sunday, October 17th. We're counting down the weekend's top five must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. During a candid conversation with the podcast Call Her Daddy, Shameless star Emma Kenny shared stories from her days on the set of the long-running Showtime series where she played younger sibling Debbie Gallagher and what it was like to work with the show star Emmy Rossum. Kenny called Rossum's departure bittersweet, but said things changed for the better on set after Rossum, who played elder sibling Fiona Gallagher, left the series in 2019. Kenny told the podcast, quote, It was weird at first, but the set became a more positive place. I'm not going to lie. I remember pre-her leaving, I'd go to set some days and I'd be very anxious having a scene with her because if she had a bad day, she made it a bad day for everybody. A representative for Rossum didn't immediately respond to EW's request for comment. Aaron Sorkin has revealed that his Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz biopic, Being the Ricardos, has a bit of an unexpected twist. In a conversation on Turner Classic Movies, host Ben Mankiewicz asks Sorkin to name an unexpected challenge, making a film about the Hollywood icons and the production of I Love Lucy. Sorkin replies, quote, There are four musical numbers in the film, and that's something I'd never done before, but we had a great musical director, great choreographer. He adds that the musical numbers are organic, explaining that it's not like La La Land. Instead, they are scenes from rehearsals for the film musical Too Many Girls, on which Ball and Arnaz met. A Quiet Place actress Millicent Simmons has landed her next role, portraying deaf, blind, and disability rights activist Helen Keller in a new biopic. The 18-year-old deaf performer will lead Keller through the movie Helen and Teacher as the film follows her throughout the early 1900s while she navigates her education at Harvard. That's where she rapidly expands her worldview as quickly as she expands her relationships, particularly the one she shares with her conservative translator Anne Sullivan, played by Marvelous Mrs. Maisel star Rachel Brosnahan. Sullivan is hesitant to embrace Keller's new personal and social awakening. Filming will begin next year. For more on those stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head on over to EW.com. Now let's head into town for this weekend's number five pick, Hightown, that is. The Star series is back for season two, returning to Provincetown, Massachusetts, and the off-season reality underneath the picture-perfect version of Cape Cod. As our hero Jackie Quinones achieves her lifelong dream of becoming a state cop, she's thrust immediately into the wave of deadly carfentanil flooding the Cape. She's focused on bringing down the dealer she holds responsible for her best friend's death. But when the dealer's psychotic cousin Jorge, played by Luis Guzman, joins the operation, he introduces a whole new level of violence and chaos. Through it all, Jackie must walk the tightrope of sobriety while struggling to stay above an ocean of secrets, betrayal, and the shame and failure of her past. Here's a preview. Frankie's been out of prison a month and a half. I just want to make things right. I need my job back. Because you and Cuevas cousins are back on the street, selling and killing kids. Ready or not, here I come, you can't hide. 
still playing cop? I'm not playing anymore. There's a new product on the street. We need to find out where it's coming from. And we need to shut it down. For me and Coach, it's about to get real. Indeed. High Town returns for season two, Sunday at 9 p.m. on Stars. Now, moving on to our number four pick, the new NBC series, Home Sweet Home. Created by Oscar-nominated filmmaker Ava DuVernay, the series follows two families from different backgrounds in each episode as they swap homes for a week and experience each other's lives. The families will learn what it's like to walk a mile in another person's shoes, or at least spend a week in another person's house, and have their assumptions about race, religion, economics, and identity challenged. Here's a preview. Welcome to Home Sweet Home. 18 families took the challenge to allow other people to go into their house, go into someone else's home, and see how other people live. Oh my goodness. Oh, they're vegan. They're Jewish. Wait a minute, there's no TV? They're gonna eat their food, participate in their family activities, and live there as a family. We own a ranch with 12 horses. <gasps> we are a proud Greek Orthodox family. Hello. 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 Sister. Not quite. Yeah, that might get a bit awkward. But at the end of each episode, the families will reunite to share their eye-opening experiences and discuss what they've learned and hopefully come away respecting each other's differences a bit more. You can welcome Home Sweet Home with the series premiere tonight at 8 on NBC. We focus on TV and movies here at What to Watch, but if you're looking for a good book about life in entertainment, you should check out Ron and Clint Howard's new memoir, The Boys, which hit shelves this week. The famous brothers also recently spoke to EW's Maureen Lee Linker, who, of course, asked them, what you watching? You know, I'm along with everybody else with Ted Lasso, which is just, you know, I found myself just adoring that show. I'm hearing from both Henry Winkle and Bill Hader that are in production on Barry, which is I'm waiting for with bated breath. Nice. What about you? Well, I just got done watching American Horror Story, and the young actress, Ryan Armstrong, who I worked with on this movie called The Old Way, uh, that's, that's what drew me into that, and I found her performance really fascinating. And, you know, horror is not necessarily my cup of tea, but I thought they pulled off that one of shows really well. But I'll tell you what, I'm sort of a normie. You know what I'm looking forward to? A Major League Baseball playoffs. Well, that one's a little bit outside our purview, but you can find Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus and American Horror Story on FX on Hulu and catch up on Barry over on HBO Max. And be sure to check out Maureen's full interview with the Howards over at EW.com. Now it's time to get spooky with our number three pick, Halloween Kills. Michael Myers is back yet again in this sequel to 2018's reboot, Halloween, which picks up minutes after Laurie Strode, played as always by the great Jamie Lee Curtis, left the killer for dead in her basement. But when Myers breaks free, shocker, and resumes his killing spree, Lori, her daughter, and her granddaughter rally a group of other survivors of his first rampage, forming a vigilante mob that sets out to hunt Myers down once and for all. 
Here's a bit of the trailer. We killed Michael. My grandmother set the fire. No one told you. <laughs> told me what? Michael Myers is alive. A man couldn't have survived that fire. Forty years ago, the boogeyman came for us. We are the survivors of Michael Myers. Lori, what do we do? We fight. Mom, our family will kill him. We're gonna hunt him down and we're gonna put an end to this. He is not gonna stop killing until we stop him. If you track Michael's victims, that's a straight line to Michael's childhood home. That mob of survivors you just heard includes Real Housewives star Kyle Richards, who reprises her role as Lindsay Wallace from the original 1978 film. EW's Clark Collis recently spoke to director David Gordon Green about bringing Richards back on board. Are you a Real Housewives uh, fan? I honestly, I had never, I had never watched it until I met her, and then I met her, and I thought, oh, because I kind of, we didn't know what we were getting into. Everybody's kind of sniffing each other out, right. and you know, Charles Cyphers is retired, and she's on a reality show, and I'm just trying to find the right tools and toys and make a make a fun movie. And it was when I sat down with her uh, at a coffee shop in Beverly Hills when it was very funny because uh, how recognized she is in a world that I don't necessarily inhabit. But her charisma is immediate and her talent is extraordinary. And so we hit it off right away and I just got to um, immediately inspired to go write more for her. Suffice it to say, there's a good chance Richard shows up in next year's Halloween Ends. In the meantime, Halloween Kills is now playing in theaters and streaming on Peacock. It's trivia time. Legendary filmmaker John Carpenter only directed the original Halloween, but he's contributed to several other entries in the franchise as a producer and a composer. But which Halloween film did Carpenter not write or co-write the music for? Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, Halloween H2O, 20 years later, or Halloween Kills? Stick around for the answer and our top two picks and soundbite of the week. What to Watch will be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. Another slasher movie sequel is coming your way soon. The fifth Scream movie, titled simply Scream, dropped its first trailer this week ahead of its January release, and that trailer featured an exchange we just had to make our soundbite of the week. Hello? It's happening. Three attacks so far. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott, of course I have a gun. Yeah, that seems about right. Scream will hit theaters January 14th. I can't wait. Hope you like scary movies. 
All right, let's get back to this weekend's picks with you. Not you, the listener, but you, our number two pick. The Netflix series is back for season three with Joe and Love now married and raising their baby in a Northern California suburb, surrounded by tech entrepreneurs, judgmental mommy bloggers, and insta-famous biohackers. Joe is committed to his new role as a husband and dad, or so he says, but fears Love's lethal impulsiveness. And then he starts to wonder if the woman he's been searching for all this time actually lives right next door. And as you can probably guess, this isn't going to end well. Here's a preview. I've always believed in the one. I'd move to some soulless suburb. Come latte with us. <laughs> For you, I'd marry the monster. Your mother loves. What could go wrong? We both have done bad things. I wanted to move here so that we could start new. We are just the nice, normal neighbors next door. We are a team. The best team. So what we're saying here is you can move the guy into the suburbs, you can give him a wife, you can give them both a son, but at the end of the day, they're still murderers. Here is star Penn Badgley, who plays Joe, on why you shouldn't let him fool you into thinking he's changed. With Joe, he's always making the appearances of change, which means in some ways he's convinced that he's changed, which means in some ways the show depicts him changing because the show is lived through his lens, which is an unreliable narrator, mm -hmm. you know, it's an unreliable lens. So, so yes, there's, there's apparent change that has happened, but it's not really fundamental. And I guess those changes are like, you know, he lives somewhere else. His clothes <laughs> have changed a little, um, you know, uh, he has to take care of a little creature, yeah. you know, but I don't, I don't know how much he's actually changed. Well, that doesn't exactly bode well for this whole marriage thing. You can see how it all plays out in You Season 3 on Netflix now. And now it's time to get the whole family together for our number one pick, Succession. It's finally here, folks. Two full years after the Season 2 finale aired, the Roys are back for Season 3 this Sunday. And while Logan himself moves to secure his own familial, political, and financial allies. Tensions will rise as a bitter corporate battle threatens to turn into a family civil war, or as HBO's marketing has succinctly put it, full effing beast. Here is a preview. I dropped a bomb. The whole world is watching for my next move. You're the number one trending topic ahead of tater tots and the Pope followed you. Uh, wow. Okay, no, this is not the... Is this the real... Uh, right. No, Great. I don't Thanks, think this Greg. is a Pope. My family have disappeared. I need to know where everyone is and what everyone's thinking. There he is, the little man who started this big war. Right now, I'm the real you. Sure, and I'm the real you. You sound deranged. Oh, how we have missed this show. Of course, in those two years it's been off the air, Succession has become even more of a phenomenon. Here's Brian Cox, who plays Logan, on why the show has caught on so strongly with viewers. 
I think people at heart understand satire. They, uh -huh. they get it. And there's a way our show lets people in in a way that sometimes straight dramas don't because straight dramas come at you face on. So you have to go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Whereas our show, because of the laughter and because of the kind of shocking elements and, and because I shout occasionally to keep people awake. <laughs> by technique they, they go oh yeah this is great and the show has sort of caught on in a way that i think was beyond all our imaginings you know we we were very proud of the show to start with but we didn't realize we we forgot about the the audience factor how much the audience really love and want the show i mean it's it's astonishing absolutely astonishing yeah. Of course, as EW's Kristen Baldwin noted in her review of season three, quote, post-phenomenon seasons are notoriously tricky as creative teams balance the desire to give viewers more of what they want while avoiding the stagnation of greatest hits syndrome. Succession mostly avoids those pitfalls in season three, with the first two episodes delivering satisfying doses of fan-favorite dynamics. In other words, Succession is back and possibly better than ever. Season three kicks off Sunday at 9 p.m. on HBO. Trivia. And finally this weekend, the answer to our trivia question, which Halloween film did John Carpenter not write or co-write the music for? This is a hard one. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, Halloween H2O, 20 years later, or Halloween Kills? Go ahead, grab a drink of water if you need it. The answer is Halloween H2O. Carpenter collaborated on the scores for Halloween 3 and Halloween Kills, as well as Halloween 2 and 2018's Halloween Reboot. That's our show for this weekend. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you on Monday, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Senior TV Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great weekend. What to Watch. This episode of What to Watch was written by Tyler Aquilina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, hosted and produced by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Crockmall.